Hello and welcome to the Turtle Tracks Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Van Hooker, and I'm here with none other than Steve Levine, one of the original artists of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. How you doing, Steve? Good, Brian. How you doing this morning? I'm doing great. So I've had the pleasure of meeting you a couple times, but I finally got a chance to, to talk to you after uh, wanting to uh, correspond with you for some time, so I appreciate you doing this. Well, I'm glad at least you called it a pleasure meeting me. That's, that's, that's a good thing right there, so... <laughs> Well, you know, I I, uh, I met you at a um, uh, a couple times, but the last time was at a pizza party at um, boy, what was that? What New Hampshire con was that? Oh, Grand Estate Comic Con. Yes, that was a great occasion. That was a lot of fun. It was a fundraiser for the turtles, so uh, and not us, but the uh, the, the real ones, <laughs> the, the the ones that live in ponds and lakes and oceans and such. So uh, it was really cool to do that. I mean, you do a lot of those events now with uh, with the fans. Well, I'm always happy to do those. It's a lot of fun for me um, and, and Kevin and, and all the rest of us, Jim, everybody, you know, that, that makes it to the con. I think it, it's a nice um, if it, if it can uh, money can be applied to something wonderful like that. Um, I think it's really cool. And I mean, and for us, like anything, you know, we we've, we've met each other at a show. It's it's fun for us to talk to fans at shows. So um, to have something like that pre-show and have kind of that one-on-one with, you know, Turtle Turtle fans. Um, really a lot of fun. But what year did you start with Mirage? I started in the year of our Lord, 1985. Wow, so this will be 35 years of the Turtles for you. It is. It is, exactly, yeah. yeah. I uh, One year after the boys, Kevin and Pete started, uh, I was invited to go along and play. So it's been a lot of fun. Were you the first guy they hired? Forgive me, I should know that already. I truly am. I, I mean, I went to I went to high school with Kevin up here in uh, in Maine, and uh, always kind of dug each other's stuff. And when uh, him and Pete got this thing going, uh, I had the opportunity at their very first con, which was down in uh, Portsmouth, New Hampshire, in a little tiny Howard Johnson's, uh, and I had to go meet Pete. And once Pete gave the nod, I guess I, I was brought on as uh, a playmate for Kevin and uh, to do anything that they wanted me to do office-wise that was available and then lettering the books. Oh, very cool. Yeah. And uh, for some reason, it seems like Howard Johnson always somehow pops up in these old stories of Turtles. I remember when I was a kid, going to the local Howard Johnson held these, like, I don't know what it was, these costumed events with the turtles and Splinter. And I look back at the pictures of these terrible, creepy costumes. But Oh, it's funny. That's really funny. Yeah, I, I think because most turnpike exits had a hojos by them, I guess, was probably why they were really accessible. And uh, and I think they all had meeting rooms, you know, like, a, you know, because this was literally two, uh, the smallest con that I could, and I'm flashing back to it now, but it was like, it seemed like it was a little basement meeting room, and there were two adjacent, one large and one small, and Kevin and Pete were in the smaller one where, I don't know, I, I can't even imagine the number of people there. It was, it was really tiny, pre, you know, what Comic-Cons have become now, you know. Now, um, were, you, uh, were you an artist before joining Mirage? Well, I mean... As as much as I love to draw, um, I was probably more of a, um, I had a tr- more cartoony style. I, I always kind of say, like, if, if I had the opportunity to work for Mad Magazine, that would have been my dream job back then. I, I didn't have any 
avenue in to do that or anything. And, um, you know, Kevin again and I in high school, we spent a lot of time in art rooms together and, uh, you know, very different style, but I, you know, had different things, different skills. I was good with color, you know, so sometimes Kevin, even though our styles didn't match, he'd hand me something to, you know, color of his and I would give him something to ink, you know, of mine, you know, in color. And it was always, you know, kind of back and forth. So I think I had a certain quality level, you know, that Kevin knew that I could probably be trained to kind of <laughs> assist in any way possible uh, at Mirage. I, I always joke like, a monkey, a monkey walking in, if you could have pulled, held the pencil or and then inked the letters, <laughs> I probably got the job, but I'm glad I was there. I'm glad I was there. Well, I mean, I guess the cartoonier style suited it better for when the turtles got cartoonier, no? Because, I mean, like, I, if for people don't know this, like, you're responsible for some of the most iconic and, like, widespread images of the turtles. Like, they're all over the place. They're by. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Yeah, I mean, me and Ryan Brown, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, that was that was really it. I mean, and I'm very thankful pretty much right away. I mean, Kevin, some of the first licensed stuff that came out, even before Ryan, because Ryan was working on um, Tales of the Turtles with Jim, as well, and I was still lettering the regular turtle book, coloring the covers, reading some of the covers, painting some of the covers for the Mirage book occasionally, um, and doing some gra the graphic novel stuff at that time, um, coloring the graphic novels. And uh, so for me, it was really fun to start drawing. You know, like I was kind of, you know, like doing everything but putting pencil, you know, drawing things. I was putting pencil to page, but it was doing sound effects and whatever. But um, so, yeah, it was really fun, and, yeah, I got to do some of the stuff early by myself, but I was much happier when Ryan and I teamed up, you know, because Ryan's an amazing inker. He was, like I said, he was inking Jim at the time on Tales, and he just, Ryan had a really polished style, so he would take my, I'd always go like, oh, sorry, and I'd, I'd see it afterwards, and it made me up my game. I had to get better at tightening my pencils up and, you know, stuff, because, again, I hadn't, really sharpened those skills for a while. So it was kind of nice to, um, as they became the pizza eating cowabunga turtles, draw them a lot more. Oh yeah, and I mean like, like it's hard to describe them because they're basically just like regular poses, but like, you know, the, the, the iconic images of like, you know, where Donnie's half in the sewer and the, the turtles hanging out of it and a bunch of ones where like, there was just the four of them grouped together. Like that's so much of that's your art. And for the oh, yeah. longest time, I didn't know who drew it. I just, it just existed. Yeah, it's funny, somebody joked I, so a piece came up we, we just listened I actually had some um, a friend of ours uh, many 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 years ago uh, he was an antique collector and dealer and uh, I got to be friends with him and he traded art let's say you know would trade art for um, antiques so he actually I traded a few things for some stuff for our house and and uh, Jim Lawson got wind of his stuff and then Kevin traded him some stuff and even Pete traded him some stuff art just art for like a piece type of a thing and um he was selling it just recently and a group shop came up and it was I, it was a two-piece thing that had the original group shot in a and it had a blue lined fully painted version of it so we had we put it up for him and people went crazy but they were like all of a sudden i saw the chatter little threads down the thing talking about you know the original group shot, blah 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 and i was, I was like yeah, yeah they're out there you know but it's true i mean some of them have been used almost as much as stuff that Kevin and Pete have done, you know, which is crazy to me, you know, and, 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 and in some ways it's more recognizable to people than Kevin and Pete's stuff, which is, again, way, way crazy to me, you know. 
It's so funny. I remember when the Turtles were going through the first, like, it's a smaller revival, but the revival around the 2003 series. Yeah. Um, and then after that, they started to go back to a lot of the retro artwork. And sometimes they use your art, and sometimes they'd use artwork drawn over models for the 2003 ones. And, like, it's such a small detail, but for me, I'd be like, no, their legs weren't that long. And they were, like, I could tell yeah. it wasn't what's retro art versus what's supposed to be retro art, you know? Oh, sure. You know, it's funny that we, you know, the 2003 series, me and Ryan had the license to do the coloring books for the series. Um, so we did all the coloring books that came out for the Turtles in that series, uh, like 400 and something pages of art and multiple, multiple color covers. We had to do Christmas things because they all, you know. But it's fun. Pete, actually, it was a, you know, kind of angered uh, a couple of licensees, one of them being Random House, he broke the license up and gave us, just gave it to us to produce the coloring books. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was very cool. So we started our own little company and, uh, you know, we worked our butts off uh, getting, doing the best we could, you know, literally basing it directly off everything on TV. Because at the time when we were doing this, um, Marvel, you know, was doing, you know, coloring books, and you see these beautiful airbrush, nice covers, and then you open it up, and it looked like somebody drunk traced bad panels out of, uh, you know, on a light table. You're like, whoa, that's, whoa, that's a horrible, horrible drawing. So, me and Ryan, our big goal was to, you know, compete, but that make the, this product that, you know, a superior product that we, like, what we grew up with, you know, the stuff where you go like, this looks just like the book, or this looks just like the cartoon, you know, that feeling, and um, and we succeeded, it just, you know, we didn't make a whole bunch of money because you make, like, nickels, sure. or less than a nickel, you know, when you start talking about, you know, uh, the numbers, sometimes it's pennies on, on those books, and you're like, oh, but we had to put up all the money to do this, and now we're making pennies on the back end, but, you know, we learned. I remember a couple coloring books when I was a kid. There was one in particular that was like all the artwork of Jim Lawson. It was this big blue coloring book. And it was like all original art for it. It wasn't like crappy recycled stuff. It was like really cool artwork. Yeah. Jim did a whole bunch with, uh, I think with Random House, uh, did, uh, like some learning books, you know, different things like that, not just coloring books and stuff. It was, it was very cool. Um, I don't see that around too much. I know he, you know, we all gave a lot, a lot of stuff to Kevin and Pete, like, hey, Merry Christmas, here's the art for this. Like, they really wanted it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they had more, you know, what could we get those guys is kind of what, what it all led up to. So, I, I, you know, I don't see much of that around. I know I, I at one point, oh, boy, I, I now this is in my brain. I'm, I'm trying to trace it back. But I think it might have been when I had my shop shell back artworks here in town. Um the one, like, uh, one time I had Kevin, Pete, me, and Jim all, well, me, of course, because I worked there and owned it, but, um, those, those guys all came up for free comic book day. And, um, and I remember seeing some of the art that, because, uh, Kevin had some in the portfolio that he was selling, Fiona, um, Kevin's, I don't want to call her assistant, I want to call her, him, her, her, his boss, um, <laughs> But I, I think she's she's kind of controls Kevin's life. How's that? Other than what Courtney does, which is <laughs> be his wife. Um, Fiona, I think, does a lot of the 
day-to-day uh, contact with people through Kevin Eastman, you know, his site stuff. But um, so I saw some of some of that stuff from Jim there. But that, I haven't seen that in a long time, and there was a lot of it, a lot of it, you know. So. I'm sure very little survives because, I mean, like, I know when I was a kid, like, I scribbled through that thing and colored, like, you know what I mean? They were destroyed. I know. You think that, you know, Brian, but, I mean, I'm always blown away and and shocked and and a little horrified at times, too, by people who, like, yeah, I got this as a kid and never used it, you know, or, you know, the kids are still, I, I, you know, don't know how they get a toy and leave it in the blister card, you know? Those type of, I, I never can figure that out. So, I mean, people do. I'm, I'm always blown away by that. But I'd much rather if I saw that, you know, if I worked on, like, you know, Jim, I think all of us echo this, that uh, I'd much rather see the one that's colored in, dog-eared, bent, loved, twisted, and bring it up to the table to get it signed than one that's mint and never been touched, you know? It's much nicer to see a well-loved toy or book, you know, than, than one that comes out of a bomb-proof case. You know, you mentioned it in passing, but this is one of the things I really wanted to ask you about. Can you tell me a bit about Shellback Artworks? I, like, for years I had planned to go up there, because I'm only, like, you know, six or seven hours. I was like, all right, one of these days I'm going to go up, and then I found out, boy, and then it closed. So I'd love to hear about when the store opened and all about it. I, I really wish, you know, take us through a little tour of what Shellback Artworks was. Well, you can actually get a little tour on Facebook if you go to Shellback Artworks. Uh, we have, still have a Facebook page. We kept that because... Um, a lot of fans, you know, contact us through there when the sh- when the shop was open about different things. Um, so before I left, I took a little uh, walking tour of the shop and and put it up online. And so it takes a couple minutes because I just babble and walk very slowly, but and it's not a big place. Um, so basically, what it was, Brian, was I, I always joke, you know, people traveled very far to go to a very small uh, comic shop, but it was a um, like an art store, so I had art supplies, I had comics, I had uh, life-size Ninja Turtles, and upstairs there was a comic art gallery. Um, it was a really cool um, thing, but, you know, in the summer, you know, it was a wonderful place. <laughs> in, the winter, in the winter, which you have to keep open because you're selling comics. You can't, you know, open and close, open and close, you know. Um, so... I lived through the, every winter um, doing art classes with like local kids, you know, from junior. I, I would have liked to have high school age kids, but I had junior high and, and younger um, age kids um, that helped keep the doors open. Um, it was it was a really cool. I mean, I, I had a lot of fun with it. A lot of people enjoyed it. I mean, I had some people travel from as far away as Australia. Um, to come there they planned they came like purposefully they were either going to go to the san diego comic-con or go to boston i'm like san diego boston not even close but (laughs) they picked boston so they could come to shellback as well because they felt that that was uh well worth it instead of going to the san diego comic-con i was like you are insane but thank you um so you know we had you know people travel from you know quite far And, and on free comic book day you know with kevin pete I think we had a line of 900 people out the door because um, it was a small shop. So it was basically come in, go up, get signed, come downstairs, go back out the door. Um, but uh, it was fun. Pete, I think, liked it actually more than I did. Um, <laughs> Pete was there quite often. Pete got a, has a home here in, uh, in Maine as well. So in the summertime, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd occasionally hear the door, you know, bing, boom, and I'd look over and it's Pete and he's just coming in to hang out. Um, I had the shop for four years, 
and I'm 100% Pete signed there six times, you oh, know, cool. aside from, you know, free comic book day and other times, and that's aside from being in the shop and having somebody come in, and you can see somebody go to their phone, like, that's, you know, like, it's not a big store, I can see you two aisles over looking at your phone, um, seeing if that's Peter Laird, <laughs> <laughs> and then they go, oh my God, get Peter Laird. He's like, yeah, and you know, signing stuff. And actually, I had somebody come up to the counter. He was sitting behind the thing, talking to me, and uh, and they bought some things. Said, wouldn't that be great to have like one of the co-creators? Of the, you know, I said, I I worked on this, but I'm not one of the creators. And I said, wouldn't it be great to have one of the creators sign? Like, oh, that'd be awesome. I'm like, hey, Pete, and just handed it to him. They're like, oh my God. So it was um, it was nice. That, you know, Pete, like I said, he actually when I was closing it, this was very generous. He's you know, because it, it wasn't. It was money, but it was also time. I was there way too often. You sure, know, sure. I, if, if I if I could be there only you know a few hours a week, fine. But I was there every hour it was open, you know, pretty much unless you know very rare occasion I had one of my kids cover for me. Um, but uh, you know, so when I was closing the place, Pete said, "I will, I'll, I'll pay a year's rent to keep if you want to keep it open." Oh wow! I'm like. Oh no, that's good. Thanks, man. I said, if you want to come and work behind the counter and pay a year's rent, would you work something? No, you know, but uh, that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was fairly shy too, so to know that he was getting uh, accosted in because I, I met him a couple times, but <laughs> in the store by uh, just walking in, that's kind of cool. Oh, you know, it was two or three people, you know, so it's not truly accosted, you know. There. Oh, good. He's, not, he's, he's shy, but he's. I think I, I yeah I, I always say reserved and I guess that's a, a, another way of saying shy yeah you know I mean he's not you, you've met Kevin and me you know it's hard to shut us up and if you <laughs> met Jim he's kind of Jim's a little reserved but once you get him going same you know I think all the guys we're all again thankful for fans you know I mean how can we not be you know I mean that that's that's without uh, people asking us what we what we've done eh, I would have forgotten most of it I have to remember it now to tell people. Now, in that vein, um, I, I've read that the Mikey uh, Mikey's personality was based on you a bit. Is that true? Well, uh, Kevin said it. I guess you know. I mean, I think it, it, things leaked into uh, you know the turtles from all of us, you know, and probably some of the stupider things said out of my face ended up in Mikey's. Maybe <laughs> um, you know. I, I mean. I, it wasn't intentional. It never was said. But I mean, I, you know, I think we all kind of, you know, like even back in the early days, you know, looking at personality wise, you know, Pete's Donatello and Kevin is, you know, kind of a little hot headed at times, nicest guy on the planet. But, you know, he can he can get hot headed. I think comes from his mom, which who I knew very well. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, so in, in actually Leo's kind of a combination of both of them, you know, so, you know, and I don't. No, I mean I am probably the goofiest one in the studio. If if you want to say that, I I'm always the first one to kind of lighten things up. I guess you know. Oh, cool. So so you know that's scary. So like back in the old days of Mirage, what was it like there? Like what was it work, like working with Kevin and Peter? Like what was the environment? Well, the early early days when I first joined uh, Mirage Studios was my bedroom because it was the Kevin's apartment was like a there was a back porch. And there's only one bedroom, uh, so the back porch became my. Um, it was it wasn't seasonal. It was you know sealed up and usable for winter. Um, so that became my bed was kind of back there with the copier and desk was and 
and our, mine and Kevin's part of Mirage Studios were drawing board, and he used like a would sit in an easy chair with a just a, a board, not a not a, like a drawing table like I would use with um, uh, socks tucked under it to prop it up at an angle. And we just sit in front of the TV and watch whatever bad movie we could rent from the uh, video store. <laughs> that was the or my, that was the earliest days. And then when we moved from there, when we moved to Northampton, we still apart. Mine and Kevin's apartment was our part, and you know we would do our art there. You know because Kevin and Pete would kind of trade the pages back and forth. Um, and Pete had a home studio, and then we eventually got a really cool space um, in an old cutlery building in Florence, Massachusetts. Uh, and it was like a big old, you know, they kind of partially finished it, you know, kind of put up some drywall. The floor was a little wonky, you know, there was, they kind of, whatever boards were there, they sanded and put a lot of urethane over and put down some plywood on the empty spots. Uh, so it wasn't a beautiful renovation, but the windows were new and uh, the ceilings were high. And we all had space for everybody. So we all had kind of, you know, like a little, there were no walls, but we all had a, like a little dividing line. Like, okay, this is where my space runs up. This is Ryan's. Uh, over here is uh, Jim. And then there's Eric and Kevin. And then Pete's got this corner. Uh, so we all kind of had staked out little areas there. Um and it was cool. It was a really cool space for a while, but that was kind of as the, you know, really kind of started taking off. Uh, you know, the series started going. Uh, so it went from comic book to, for me and Ryan, to doing the licensing art and a lot of that type of stuff. And Ryan's still working on Tales. Uh, but then Kevin and Pete were just getting pulled away, which it's it, it, that was a hard part. You know, like uh, that's all they wanted to do was kind of just draw. And all of a sudden, we were doing what they just wanted to do, and they had to deal with more of the business stuff. And, you know, unfortunately for them, a little less and less of what they truly wanted to do, you know. But it was a great space. It just sucks at that point because that's where we kind of lost them. We kept that space for a few years. Yeah, let me think what happened after that. I think we all kind of started having families hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and working. I had a, all of a sudden had one uh, a daughter and then within another year or two had a son so once there were two kids I you know I kind of had a studio at the house and was able to kind of work from there um, you know we'd come and get together you know we, we'd see a lot of each other but I don't I think like uh, you know that space got a little less used our home studios got a little more used um, yeah and now we're doing the same thing working out of our homes and you know see each other at comic cons you know, you hear that like uh, as the business got bigger, that uh, Kevin and Peter got pulled away a little bit more. Were they dealing more with like, like, were they part of the cartoon more than people realize, or was it just like the overseeing everything? Oh but no, it, it was overseeing everything. I mean, you think about most, you know, if a property usually, you know, owned by a giant corporation, you know, I mean, they're owned by big, big companies. So Kevin and Pete, you know, really were. They were proving everything, looking at everything. You know, I, I became later the, uh, you know, company art director for the licensing part of the company um, just so that they didn't have to look at everything. And I could I could sign off on artwork so that they could concentrate on contracts and other deals and different things because, um, you know, Mark Friedman was out there getting every deal possible, doing exactly what he's supposed to do. 
Um, and the turtles just, you know, I mean, you know, you experienced it. It was as a kid, you know, we, we were going through it as, as semi-grown adults. Um, <laughs> you know, it was, it was crazy. And Kevin and Pete really had to learn on the, on the fly, pretty much the same way they did with the, with the books, you know, I mean, everything was a learning on the fly for all of us, really, but Kevin and Pete in a bigger way, because it was their business, you know, but we were all kind of uh, forced in a good way to wear many hats, and uh, and Kevin and Pete, unfortunately, ended up being, they had to wear the hat of businessmen, and, you know, they, they uh, yeah, I think it, it, it put a real strain on their relationship as well, you know, I mean, it, it, Kevin started tundra around that time, and it was nothing, not a blowback from anything. I think it was just that he had stuff that he wanted to get out there, and money was coming in, you know, and that's where he chose to try to um, do something that wasn't Turtles, because Mirage was kind of Turtles, you know, and Kevin wanted to try out other characters and do other things, so, you know, it was cool for him, but that was another big endeavor that, I mean, you know, he took himself away from drawing other than, you know, he did Melting Pot at that time with Eric Talbot, but it was um, cool. It was great for him, but I think it kind of, you know, kept that wedge going a little further between Kevin and Pete, you know, where they, how much time they had together and stuff like that. But, you know, it's tough when business is business and it's not always fun, you know, and prior to that, it was a lot of fun, you know, for both of them. I mean, we had, it was, you know, you always look back at the, as we call it, you know, like the craft macaroni and cheese ramen noodle years and things like, oh, we didn't have any, but we laughed a lot. <laughs> sure. And we had a lot of fun. And we spent a lot of time together doing stupid things. And and that that dissipated over time, you know, and that's a natural thing, but it, it sucks when it happens. I mean, it's so crazy to think about, like, you know, you get this licensing empire, like, there. if you look at something like Turtles Now, because there's still a lot of merch, but that's overseen by Viacom, which is this, you know, like, has the bodies to do it, whereas with back then, yeah. yeah. Back then, it was just a handful of people. It's crazy to think that all filtered through, you know, Mirage and and, and, and Kevin and Peter. That's that's a lot of, it's so much to manage. It's a crazy amount. And I mean, yeah, I mean, it was, it, it only got worse. And that's not, you know, that's not to mention after meeting with toy companies. Like you say, you, you're not approving all the animation. But, you know, I think, knowing Pete, he made notes on everything for a long time. So I think he, you know... Was doing and Kevin as well. I don't 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 dismiss Kevin in that way. Pete just kind of loves reading those script type things all the time, you know. And um, and he had to do that with the 2003 series himself, you know, because he oversaw that. But um, oh, excuse me. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's a lot of work. And like you say, when you have a huge company like Viacom, unfortunately, they have too many people. I sure. learned because sure. uh, getting anything through the process is uh, mind blowing. Um, and you know, I, it's funny. I talked to Kevin one time. I was, I was, I think we were grumbling at a comic con. I, I hadn't seen him in a long time, and we we're both doing some stuff. Um, I think it was for IDW, and that would have to go from IDW for approval, then to Nickelodeon for approval, then you know, then back, and then changes or whatever. So, um, in you know, IDW will pick a you know one of four covers and or whatever they wanted, three or four you know roughs, and then they pick one and. And send it along. Well, you know, you've only got a certain amount of time, and, and meanwhile, you're you're just spinning, waiting for the, you know, for, you know, basically Viacom or Nickelodeon to approve it, and they take their sweet time, and all of a sudden it comes back and like, okay, we need it tomorrow, 
I'm like, well, three weeks ago, you needed it three weeks ago, you know, when you approved it. And it yeah. Like, you know, and, and that, that happened way too often. And it was funny, Kevin um, was telling me, it, it, but this is also Kevin, there was a collected volume, and it was the one with um, the, the Mirage run where it's kind of April at the, April and the Turtles at the farmhouse, and April, there's a whole thing called True Stories where it's all kind of seen through April's eyes. So the featured book in, in this, this run, and... Uh, and so Kevin puts April prominent on the cover, and, and, and Nickelodeon is like, oh, no, we want turtles on the cover. We don't need a big April. Make her smaller. Put her. So Kevin held on to the cover for a week and then sent it back, and they loved it and approved it, and he didn't change a thing. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, now I've learned. Okay, gotcha. So I'm just going to go ahead and start working on the cover that, that, Viacom, that Nickelodeon approved. And, you know, I mean, Viacom, not Viacom, but um, IDW approved. And, uh, when they come back in four weeks and say, yep, we like it, no changes, then I won't have to worry about it. <laughs> but yeah, that, that was a growing lesson. I was like, oh, that's awesome. So you did nothing. He goes, nothing. Not a thing. Just sent it right back. I held onto it for a week and sent it back to him. Was like, cool. Well, I think people like feel the need to criticize or give notes. Like It validates what they do at that level. So it's like... Oh, it's, I get it. People are being paid. You know, people are being paid to be to edit something or do something. But... Um, it was funny. Well, I mean, okay, here's a, here's a great example. And I don't want to make this whole conversation about this, but this is a great example. Uh, just recently, we did a series uh, for Tops, The Out of Mirage, where we all did a bunch of cards for Tops. Oh, those look great. Thank you. They were a blast. They were a blast. We had a lot of fun doing them. And uh, I, I wish they would have told us we could do as many as we want. I was like, oh, I'll do ten. And I'm like, I, I'll do eight. And I'm like, oh, I should have said ten. You know, but um, it was really, really fun to do. And so we sent the, you know, really tight, rough, soft tops. Tops loved them. You know, I'm like, any changes? He's like, no, I love all of them. They're perfect. So they go off to um, Nickelodeon for approval. And this is a five five weeks. I'm, I'm waiting, you know, in limbo. And I'm going getting ready to go. To, and I'm supposed to be working with Ryan Brown on these. So it's going to be mailing back and forth. The original are all this time has to be done. They, they take five weeks for approvals. I get them back, there's no changes at all. They love them. Five weeks to tell me they love the rubs. <laughs> and now I have less than a week to do all the cards and, and try to get them to Ryan. So I pencil the first couple, send them to Ryan, start working on the other ones. I get like the next four pencils, I'm ready to send them to Ryan. I call him, I'm like, how are you doing on the inks? He goes, oh, I'm still doing test inks on another piece. I'm like... I'm going to London next week. I gotta go when he's done. So I, I end up saying, Ryan, I, you, you ink the ones you've got, and I'll ink all the rest. And I'll color these, and you then send those when you did the night before I was flying out to London. I was finishing up the cards to send to Tops to keep to the deadline. And, yeah, that was just another. And, again, I, I hate to point a finger at you know Nickelodeon, but, I mean, they're just that, that five weeks to not make a change is seems insane to me. But that's the game. It seems like either way, it was either everything goes through Kevin and Peter, and they, you know, you, they wear them out in the process, or it's, yeah, it's, yeah, no matter what way you do it, it's just too much stuff, like, the turtles are just... Yeah, well, and, and uh, yeah, and we forget that, we forget that all the time, I mean, I, I still sometimes forget that I'm part of this whole thing, you know, like, you know, when I watch a new, the new show or something, I go, oh, this is a pretty cool show, uh, oh yeah, it's the turtles, you know, it's, um... It's been 35 years, but it still seems like, you know, we I still 
fresh and fun for us to do, I guess. You know, I mean, there are times we grumble and bitch and moan. Trust me. Um, but for the most part, you know, it's fun drawing the Green Boys with bandanas. Uh, have you kept up with much of the versions that have come since? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, we're probably more versed in the other ones than the original. The original series, the first week we watched because we were like, Oh, my God, the turtles! Ah! <laughs> After the first week, I think we would get excited if one of our characters were appearing in an episode. But at that time, again, much like what Kevin and Pete were doing, you think about all, as much as the art and everything that could be put out, plus doing all the Mirage books, um, the Archie series, <laughs> um, all this stuff, you know, we were, um, you know, we were doing everything, you know, as much as, as much stuff as we could physically do, uh, so it gave us less time to in, to watch like the the show. That to us it was like yeah the show the show's over here we're over here doing everything else you know, sure. kind of a feeling. So um, so I think I've enjoyed uh, like the 2003 series a lot. And of course I liked it because that was based on you know the early the regular Mirage books. You know the early you know so that was kind of cool to see them that way and. And Pete having a big hand in that, and Lloyd Goldfine doing such a great job, and his team updating them, um, you know, to make them viable for for that time period, you know, make them cool. And I thought that was a really cool series. I thought it was, you know, really well done. And but I mean, out of, out of all, if you if you nail me, if you you know, gun to my head, say which one? I I love the Nickelodeon 2012 series. Yeah, probably the best um, because they pulled in everything from everywhere. And because they were such big, I always joke, I think they were the biggest turtle nerds got the job working on that show. Um, and I know Aunt Ward, who does a new show, um, worked on that with Ciro and Ciro Nelly and everybody. They did just, it was oh, a great team. Uh, and again, like I said, they, they told some amazing stories that weren't, I know why it's not on, because some of those stories were for us. They weren't for the little kids, you know? Oh yeah, it's so. I mean, like, and they would have episodes like from one, like they would kill Splinter in one episode, and then another one, wow. Michelangelo would fight this giant talking pizza. Like, and they were able to do it all. It was great. Oh, it was crazy. And that's what I loved. I mean, it was so. It captured every every element that you could. I, and I always say, I bow down to them because they got the flushomatic into an episode, and it was real, and it, and it happened, and it kind of made sense. You know, because that was the stupidest toy in the world when Black came up with Playmates. I'm like, what, what is that? You I know? love that toy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I mean, it's just so, such a good thing. It's a toilet, and you pour the ooze in, and you pull the lever, and, you know, it's like, what? And they literally made it exactly the same. And I thought that is the funniest hell. And, and just showed their love sure. of, the, of, of the, um, the property, you know. So I, you know, like I said, I mean, to me... I don't. I, I wish, 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 wish that didn't go away. I mean, the new one's fine. I, it's a little too phonetic, crazy, paced for me. You know, kind of. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, and I know it's not for me. It's for you know short attention span theater. You know, but um, it's it's for for kids of that age. You know, and I have to say that to fans as well. Um, but I mean, out of all of them, this one's the hardest for, for I think for me to take. Uh, the look. I, I wish they could, you know, there are four different turtles. I'm like, no, they're all in a bowl together. They're the same. It's it just kind of weird that they tried to do something so drastic with them, you know. Um, but, hey, 
Nickelodeon owns them now, not us. Yeah. I, I always try to find something I can, you know, something I like about each one. Uh, but I tried. What's that? I said I try too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I feel like, like, yeah, I just accept, like, okay, uh, this just isn't my favorite version of the Turtles, but, Christ, there's seven other versions I love, so, like, exactly. it's fine. Exactly. And I don't hate it, it's just not my, it's just not for me, and that's okay, you know? No, not, I can't say I haven't watched episodes, you know, I have. You know, I've probably watched almost as many or more episodes than I watched of the original series of the new series, so... Um, I mean, I, I dig the style, I like it, it's just not, there's something that's not sitting as well, like, I guess, it, probably because the 2012 series, to me, was perfect. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's probably the reason that I was like, why, why did we go back to this? You know, like, why didn't we keep there? Because, you know, I think, you know, I think that was, you know, like I said, the, it was the most fun for me to watch, and it's the one that I've watched the most. You know, I, I, I mean, you know, the 2003 series... I had to watch every single episode because we were drawing directly from it. Sure. <laughs> but, uh, but other than that, you know, it was like, uh, yeah, I probably watched, definitely watched the 20, 2012 series. And, and again, it, it, you know, that's my favorite incarnation. I have, I'm looking in my studio right now at a, you know, what is it, three and a half foot tall Michelangelo from the show. Oh, I have that in my basement. I love that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, well, it's so funny. I didn't buy one when it came out. And I was at a con... And it was a local, like, New England con that we drove to, and I somebody had one, and I looked, and I'm like, that's 40 bucks. I can spend 40 bucks. Yeah. And I was like, that's, I mean, I'd spend 40 bucks on a, on a little figure. That's a real giant action. And, you know, and, and the good thing is that I, I could, didn't have to bring it on a plane and buy an extra seat for it. I could put it in the car and, uh, and drive home with me and my wife, Denise, you know, so it was, uh, it was perfect. And given the uh, given how short Michelangelo in that sh- is in that show, it's pretty much life size. I know, I know. It is pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. They did a re- and again, I wish they had done all of them. You know, they did Leo, right? I think they did Leo and Mikey. Is that what they all they did? Yes, but it was just a repaint of Mikey, so he was too short. So I didn't buy it. But oh, yeah, well, I, mean, <laughs> I know I'm nitpicking, but. Uh, they're not going to scale them. The toys weren't scaled. What the toys scaled? They were. I mean, they were reasonably scaled. Like, my, Donnie was a little tall. They like they had different body molds, so. Well, I know they did cool. They, that was the other cool thing is that, you know, I liked how they actually looked different. I mean, they did a great job teenage-izing them. Again, making Casey and April teenagers in that show was so smart. You know, again, Kevin and Pete didn't have that opportunity. You know, it happened organically. You know, like, we, okay, we got to make a second book. All right, we're going to make some, you know, because the first book was supposed to be a one-off. So, you know, April came organically uh, into the third book, you know, and it was just it was just funny that way. You know, like she came to the second book, but continued into the third book, which is cool. You know, like, OK, now there's another character in the world, you know, that they can associate with. And, uh, you know, they just it was such a weird I mean, killing the shredder in the first book, you know, yeah. was not, you know. <laughs> There's not a lot of forethought there. Let's kill the great, you know, one of the greatest villains in comic book history now. But then it was just the the guy that was created from a cheese grater, you know. The one I was, like, I remember the the uh, the cartoon first, and then went back to Mirage, and I was like, wait, he's dead in issue one? Like what? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, I know. I mean, but didn't he, they know? Yeah, he didn't know. <laughs> That's the whole thing. It's a total parody. I mean. It, it was it was done out of love, you know, for those guys. You know, it really was. You know, it was the love of, you know, Kirby and Miller and comics and everybody. You know, and you know, just that whole uh, desire to put something out. And who knew? 
you know, who knew? I mean, even, I, I you know, I, I jokingly say this when, you know, at cons when people ask stuff, but I mean, when we first were working on it, you know, we, <laughs> okay, again, Kevin and I grew up together, so we'd go home to these, I haven't seen in a while, you know, friends from school and stuff, and, uh, you know, like, hey, what are you guys doing? Hey, you're working on comics, and of course, instantly in their brains, like, you know, Spider-Man, Batman, what are you guys drawing? Oh my God, it's so great, and... You go, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and they kind of pat you on the back and say, good for you, good for you, you know, and now you say turtles, and it's, it's you don't even have to say anything beyond that. You say, oh, I draw turtles, and they're like, the Ninja Turtles, you know, and they fill in the gaps, you know, so crazy, crazy world. You know, I'm curious, uh, you were talking about life-size turtles being in Shellback Artworks. Um, what became of those? Well, um... You caught me mid drink of water there. You almost got a spray of water all over my uh, <laughs> uh, spit take there. Uh, <laughs> well, so you, they originally came from Kevin's Museum in Northampton, uh, Mass, the Words and Pictures Museum. And then when Kevin closed that down, they got Pete bought them, and they went to Pete's barn. And <laughs> as as I was opening my shop, and this is literally probably a couple weeks. Before I was opening the shop, maybe a little longer because I had to I had to do my signage still. So maybe a month before, Pete calls me and says, uh, "Hey, do you want the turtles from the Words and Pictures Museum? They're in my barn. They're covered in dust and bat poop." <laughs> and I'm like, oh, "What?" I'm like, "Yeah, that'd be awesome." So I went down to visit him, and I'm thinking, you know, not remembering that they were actually, you know, the size of the t movie turtles. You know, but they were made of um, like styro like a, a wooden wooden uh, skeleton with styrofoam, and then sculpted styrofoam, and then gessoed. So they weren't pliable, and they were very breakable. So I go to go to get them, and uh, I've got a you know Magnum station wagon. Thinking, oh, I can get one in the car, and I'll come back and get the other ones. You know, whatever. And uh, not one would even attempt to fit in the car. And I looked, and they were all kind of broken up, you know, like a leg would be broken here and a hand broken off over there. And I was like, so I, uh, I rented a box truck, brought them down like a week before I opened the shop. I've got to glue these things back together, don't know how to fix them, and paint them and clean back crap off them and did all that. <laughs> Got them up. They were there for four years. Uh, one went to up in Maine at a comic shop. Leo went to a comic shop in Maine. Uh... Up until this year, the other three went to um, this uh, collector, Elias. Um, he is—he actually has lived, He's from Northampton, Mass. He's known, uh, you know, Kevin for years and years. He's done stuff at worked at Heavy Metal through high school, and while he worked at Heavy Metal through high school, he was slowly collecting a crazy collection of turtle stuff through Kevin. Um, so he got the other three turtles. And then just a few months ago, uh, I was happy to get an email from him that he purchased Leo. So all four turtles are in Northampton, Massachusetts. Oh, right where they belong. That's cool. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it was very odd. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny. Uh, as I was closing my shop, you know, I was like, I, I, you know, if anything, I'd take one of these guys home. But then I, I don't want to, you know, I initially didn't want to break up the set. And then I was like. Somebody wanted to buy Leo, and Leo, the particular thing with at Kevin's museum was inside of a window, kind of sticking out, going, hey! So he had no legs. Hmm. 
and if in, in the way he was sculpted, he was the right size. Like looked, he was way bigger. If so, if he had legs, he would have been eight feet tall, and the other four, other three turtles were all the actual size of the movie size <laughs> turtles. But uh, so he didn't have legs, so I had to build like a chimney for him to pop out of. So he looked like he, either that or he looked like he was uh, in Mario World, kind of popping up, you know, you know, like that, you know, kind of up. But um, it was. Uh, so he, he when he when somebody offered to buy him first, I was like, yeah, because I thought he'd be the hard one to sell. Oh, cool. So, uh, so need to say the other three went right away. The the, the you know Elias when he wanted him, he was really bummed that I had already sold Leo, and I was like, oh man, literally a day or two before, you know, I sold him. You know, I wish he would have cut. You know, he didn't hit me quite at the right time, but he got there anyways. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm always curious what comes to those, like, giant, like, you know, you see them at Comic-Cons and, like, near Comic-Cons and stuff like that, these giant fiberglass things, those cartoon characters. I'm like, what do they do with this afterwards, you know? So that's cool. So they went to a good home. They do sell those afterwards. I I did a signing in in Florida at this shop, Tate's Comics in Florida. Great. Every down there, not an ad for Tate's. It it was a wonderful show. Huge show. Huge, huge place. But they had, like, a... 12-foot Hulk, you know, like you see that you take your pictures with outside of Comic-Cons. And I was like, where'd you get that? And they go, well, you can buy him. <laughs> he's for sale. I'm like, he's for sale? He's like, yep, everything in here is for They had the, you know, life-size carbonite Han Solo in the shop. And they're like, that's so cool. Everyone's taking pictures. like, it's for sale. So, you know, it's like crazy stuff. So all this stuff, I guess, is available. You know, you just got to, A, have the space for it, and B, the coin to buy it. It's the weirdest thing, like down the street from me, there's a pawn shop that has a giant 12-foot Hulk on the ceiling, on the on the roof of it, and I'm like, I, it's the most random thing. I mean, it's cool, but I just, yeah. it's, it's the strangest <laughs> thing. Yeah, it's funny, you probably got that cheap, I'm sure. Right, sure, yeah. But again, like, so pawn their Hulk. <laughs> when you think about them, they're, there's not a lot of places that can take them. No. You know, I mean, a lot of them must be, you know, I'm sure scrapped, unfortunately, you know, like... Because who's buying this? Where do, you, do you have a 12-foot ceiling in your house to put that Hulk? No. You know? So it's one of those things where, yeah, I mean, they're amazingly cool. And you know it's very bizarre? Uh, and this is totally off-subject, but on-subject. Uh, you know the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? Yeah, of course. Do you remember, what is it, Skull and Bean? Was it Skull and Bean? The humans? The guys? Bulk, Bulk, yeah, Bulk, Bulk and Skull, skull yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Bulk, we met. We were at a show just recently, and we um, we were talking. Uh, they had like a meet and greet thing, and so we kind of ended up talking a little bit. I, you know, because I said we hated you guys. You're our mortal enemy. <laughs> He's like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "Worked on the turtles. You guys came in with your millions of shows, and you know, tried to take over." Um, but anyways, we were we were joking back and forth, and uh, he actually he works for a company that makes those things. Oh, cool. Yeah, he still acts and stuff, but he says that's his main gig is kind of, he says that we make those giant things, that, you know, the Hulks and all that stuff and uh, for Comic-Cons and display places and different things like that. I was like, that's very cool. That's cool. You know, one of the last things I want to ask you, you were saying before that, like, uh, one of the few times you, after the, after the first run, you tune into the old cartoon when one of your characters would show up. Do you remember, like, a character you're, of yours that you're particularly excited about showing up in the old show? I remember ones that didn't. Okay. <laughs> you know what's funny? I, I, you know, no, I, I think more that I was mad that some didn't show up that were better, and and there was kind of 
secondary characters that were with other figures that showed up in my, for, that I created in, on animation because it was one of the things that was uh, fun and I, I, I always say this Ryan Brown and Steve Murphy you know of, uh, of the Turtles you know the adventure series mm-hmm. so somehow a lot of the characters they created because they got like multiple books in the Archie series, so the toy company warmed up to them, and then they're like, oh, there are three or four books, oh, cool, then they had an episode on TV, you know, and I was like, huh, so I think only one of my characters got two books, so I think three was the get on TV limit. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> no. so, so I was like, huh, hmm, but, um, yeah, no, I, I mean, that was a good, I, we did a lot, I, you know, it's funny, with the Archie series and with a lot of that stuff, uh, you know, again, wearing as many hats as we all were wearing, I was also breeding at the time. Ryan wasn't, and so Ryan did a lot of toy designs, and I kicked myself that I said, no, you do it, I, I gotta go home. You know, I got little babies I want to love. I don't, you know, and he had no children, so his children are his toys, but uh, that's why, I, you know, Ryan's stuff got a lot of, got a lot of action figures out there, and I, and it's funny, when they got to be um, in the Arctic series, they always needed a human form, so Ryan would go like, hey, you want to design the human form for uh, Ray Filet? I'd be like, oh, sure. Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> I know it's, not, it's only going to be seen in two panels in the book, but happy to. You know? <laughs> yeah, they're not making a toy of the human form of no, Ray Filet. it's not happening, but thank you. But we would do a lot of, you know, we did a lot of, you know, fun. The, the toy designs were fun to do. And we did a lot of reader draws for, for Playmates, you know, like... And they were doing, you know, because they come with their wish list and they do them on their end, and and you know they're in house or not in house, but they're the, you know the people they had hired to at uh, Varner Toys and in uh, different places, you know, to do the design stuff. And then they wouldn't like it, and they bring it to us, and we tweak it a little bit and send it back. And we it was fun. We had a good relationship with Playmates and and doing the toys. I wish I wish more of our characters did get into the uh, into the cartoon, but you know they were also creating crazy things you know at, at uh, Murakami Wolf so that they wanted to get into the episode so you know we'd get them in occasionally and it, it usually was if they warmed up to the character they felt they could use the character you know I remember uh, you and I talking about um, that original Casey Jones and our mutual love of crazy nutbag Casey Jones in that mm. cartoon oh yeah 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 no I mean I wish that he was the best. I mean, Casey was such a great character from the get-go in the in the original Turtle books, and I mean, in the Turtle movie, first Turtle movie. Actually, this past weekend, um, I um, was in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, for a 30th anniversary of the first Turtle movie um, event, and I hadn't watched the very first movie in many many years. And if that, it was kind of like oh, I'm flipping through channels and watch a couple minutes on you know, TBS or whatever it was running on, you know, it's just switching through channels. Um, great to watch it all again, but boy, watching um, Elias Coteas as, as uh, Casey, oh, it was perfect. It was oh, perfect. yeah. Couldn't you, you played that character to a T and, and just, um, just wonderful. It was, it was very cool to, to rewatch. It was a, it was a fun day thing. I did like a little panel afterwards and um, taught everyone to draw a turtle. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, that that yeah. first movie still holds up to me as as it some of the does. best stuff. Yeah, it does. There's a couple cringy watch 
what I, I always think back to what you know was happening in the movies back then. You know, it's not we're not talking Marvel movies for superheroes, definitely. So, you know, superhero movies were generally just crapshoots. You know, they're either great or just the worst thing you've ever seen. You know, oh yeah, and being, and being the turtles and not having a huge, gigantic you know world to build off from. You know, like a Batman, you know, because, I mean, if you got Tim Burton and it's Batman, it's going to be great, you know. But um, Steve Barron, you know, a great, you know, was, had just basically directed great videos, amazing videos for MTV. But this is the first movie, but just it couldn't have been a better because, I mean, the movie, like I say, holds up, holds up, you know, almost completely. Some, and some were even better, I thought. You know, there's some scenes that I forgot about. And I was like, that was a great scene. I wish I could remember that scene, you know, but... um. You know, we always have a fondness to the parts of the movie when we were down, because we all got to go down to the movie set um, while they were filming. So, you well, know, we all have a certain fondness for certain parts of the movie, you know. Well, why the, like, while the, the history wasn't uh, quite as extensive at the time, they kind of did the same thing as the 2012 show would do, whereas it got enough of the drama and good stories from the Mirage comics and enough of the funny stuff from the Fred Wolf series and, like, merged it together. And I think... To me, that still stands up as the thing that I'm I'm most fond of in the Turtles. It's just because it has all the right pieces to it. Oh, hundred percent. I, I agree. I mean, literally, Steve Barron and uh, Bobby Hirschbeck um, took. I remember. I think they, you know, remember they stayed in Northampton for quite a suite at the Hotel Northampton, and um, they were taking the comic books and kind of ripping up. You know, sections, and then that was storyboarding, storyboarding. You know, this section of the movie, and then we'll go. And we're gonna, they're going to do this. And then, so they'd fill the in-between, and then they'd pull another section from another book, you know, like the farmhouse in North, you know, they're going to Northampton in the books. That's the farmhouse scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it's just, um, it's just so cool how they were able to pull all that stuff out of there, you know, and, um, and even though they were off in different time periods of the Turtles, you know, like, even though it, I, it seems like a longer time for us, trust me. Sure. Than you know, like, I'm like, oh, that was a lot of years, but it's like, in the reality of a property getting as big as the Turtles, it was a short, short time. I think we were just working so much, you know, all the time on it, you know, always, it was always such a, in your brain, always doing something, you know, feeling, so I think that, um, and of course, Kevin and Pete, times 10, compared to all the rest of us, so, I mean, we were all kind of doing our jobs, and Kevin and Pete were uh, conducting and keeping things going in the right directions, but, yeah. It was a cool, cool thing when they used all that stuff, and and it truly did. It made the movie. The other thing is they, you know, it's weird. They didn't use any like, let's make this cool and use a really cool cell phone that would have been the size of, you know, a suitcase. Yeah. You know, in a scene, they didn't do any of that. It was, and that's what I kind. And it may have been a budget 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 issue, or they didn't have you know a sponsor that wanted to give everybody a cell phone like they do now in movies. But it, it helps not date that movie, you know. I mean, it's it, and no, you know, it's set in that time period, but it's it doesn't, it's not overtly like, you know, ninety. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's it just it. It's just. I think it's just because it's not overly ambitious. Like I feel like later stories. Not that the turtles can't have these big space adventures, but like, I don't know, for an introductory movie, for it to kind of keep it on the ground level and keep it manageable, and it gave more to the characters than it did some overblown story. Oh, 100%. 100%. I mean, that. I think that's 
why it worked so well, you know, was it wasn't an overblown story. It was a, you know, cr- crime drama. Yeah. Type of thing, you know, and, uh, and, and I mean, again, I, having not seen it for years, you forget how good, um, Judith Hogue was as April. Oh, she's great. Yeah. You know, she was such a vibrant character and so great in that movie. You know, you go like, oh, wow, she really, really was, was good. I mean, for that time period, she was a, she did a great job, you know, and yeah, there's, it was, it was wonderful, like to rewatch it myself and, and being this far removed from it, you know, instead of, you know, we had the movie premiere, you know, in Northampton, we had the big lights in the sky, <laughs> and we all pretended we were movie stars for an evening. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, my last question for you is, uh, who's your favorite turtle? I mean, you asked at the beginning if somebody was based on me, so which one do you think? I figured it was probably Mikey, I just had to be sure. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah no, because, I mean, I, you know, and it's, it, it is by, by, you know, default in some ways, but I mean, he is, he, you know, like, I... I, I, I you love them all, you know. I mean, it's like you know. I don't feel like a a parentship like uh, Kevin and Pete do to them, but I kind of feel like I know them all pretty well and love them all pretty equally. But um, yeah, I mean, Mikey, when you know somebody's kind of got a little bit more of you in them, you kind of go like, yeah, I like that guy best. Sure. So, I mean, I'll go with him. Honestly, Steve, thank you so much for your time. Uh, it was a real pleasure Happy talking to you. To you. Yeah, it was me as well, Brian. It was a lot of fun, and, and it took. If people knew the struggle, I know it took, took a lot. To each other. I mean, I'm surprised that <laughs> one of us didn't die in the process. Well, you know, there's still time. I haven't published it yet, so. Okay. <laughs> Get it up quick. All right. Take care. <laughs> we'll see you, Brian. Bye. Radical Machine. That's the fact, Jack. Raphael is cool, but rude. Give me a break. Michelangelo is a party dude.